What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. Do we want to compare bylines? How many? Barry Horn. We're supposed to keep this thing moving, be fresh. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about Mavericks. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Good morning, everybody, and how's that for false advertising? We don't have Kevin Sherrington <laughs> with us. We don't have Evan Grant with us, but we made a great two-for-one trade, and instead of those guys, we have a guy who actually knows what he's talking about. David Moore, welcome to Ballsy. Oh, I thought you meant our guest who knows what. <laughs> now, he knows someone more. here who knows what they're talking well, about. Well, he does. Neither one of in, us. In fact, he knows more about sports than all but four will, of us combined. I will say at least, one, I'm not in the open. Two, I don't use a fake baritone like mm-hmm. Evan tries to do when he goes down to say ballsy. But who is our guest? You, you introduce him. <laughs> our guest is the voice of the Mavericks, but we're not just here to talk about the Mavericks because this man also follows passionate follower of college sports and with the tournament Mark coming Fo- up. It's not Mark Followell. It is you're not Mark Followell. You're using the word follow a lot. It is Chuck Cooperstein. Chuck, how are you? All good. Greetings from the world's most famous arena. David Moore, are you in uh, sweater mode today or is it uh, too warm in Dallas for that? Not in sweater mode. It's actually a little cool this morning. It's going to get up in the uh, low 60s around 1, but I just went with the uh, I went with the light shell top rather than a sweater light today. Light shell but, top. But thank you for asking. But you know, you know what the well, great the great thing about being in Dallas Fort Worth this morning? It's school's out. Evan and, and Kevin aren't here. <laughs> that besides that, <laughs> school's out and it and it takes I drove down the tollway today. Big difference. Had, Huge had, difference. Somebody, I want somebody to. We somebody needs to do a podcast on that. Why, when schools that do people not go to work if their kids are home? It's, <laughs> in, in many case, in many cases, they can't. It's, it's they got to take care of the kids. It's, exactly. It's crazy. But you said you're in the world's most famous arena, the self world's self proclaimed most famous arena. Key phrase: self proclaimed. Self proclaimed. Where what are where where are you? I'm uh, I'm in the bowl. I'm in the back of the lower bowl, which uh, is nowhere near where I'll be sitting tonight, trying to describe the Mavericks and the Knicks. <laughs> oh, so you're in Madison Square Garden. Let's get let's let's yes. get that straight. I, I know that. Yes. How's how's no matter where you're sitting, it'll be better than the seats I had the last time I was in Madison Square Garden. I was way up in the nose. I'm always way up in the nosebleeds. How far up do you have to go? Uh, well. In Barry, since uh, you, you understand uh, w- the building before they spent a billion dollars to uh, supposedly fix it, which uh, really didn't work, uh, they, they, uh, we, we're basically in what would be the back of the second promenade. Oh, so would, would that uh, be the yellow seats? That the, the, the old, the old green seats. The old green the old seats. Green, the, the old green seats. So the yellow would be too good for you. The yellow were below the green, weren't yes, they? Yes, yeah, yeah. Now yellow, we 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 did have at one time uh, when you know when I almost when I started with the team, my, my first year with the team, we we still had the the best, probably the best seat in the NBA, which is right above one of the tunnels, right at center court. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, was indeed very spoiled, but of course, uh, it's a different world now. So uh, we're we're just 
barely surviving, getting through it, and uh, <laughs> pretty much like the ba- pretty much like the basketball team right now, just uh, pretty much surviving and getting through it in the final fifteen games of the year. Well, we we can get back to the the survival of the Mavericks here in a little bit, but I I kind of wanted to look right now with the with the tournament coming up and. And people talk before, you know, people talk about how, oh, they just become college basketball fans during the tournament, and a lot of people haven't watched these teams. And, and I accept that theory to some point, but why don't, we, why don't we look at this tournament from a Mavericks perspective? Because they are going to have a lottery pick this year. So, so why don't we break this down in two ways? Why don't, we, why don't, why don't you tell us if, if the Mavericks have one of the top three picks or so what players to look at in the tournament coming up this week. And then we'll go from there and we'll look at, okay, if they're in the 4-2-9 range, what are some players to, to keep an eye on this week and, and project how they would look in a Mavericks uniform? So if we can do that, let's start at the, at the top of the lottery, the, the first three guys. If, you're, if the Mavericks are, are you know, statistically uh, win the ping-pong lottery and get one of those first three picks. Who, who are three players that fans should watch, keep an eye on this weekend? Well, the, the first guy clearly is DeAndre Ayton. He's, uh, he's the best player in college basketball. He was thought to be uh, the best incoming freshman this year at Arizona, and uh, he has certainly lived up to it and has especially lived up to it even more as the season has gone on and, and perhaps even most impressively in all of the hubbub that has surrounded the Arizona program over the last couple of weeks with the FBI investigation, uh, he's just raised his level of play. I mean, he, he's taken it to, uh, you know, an, an otherworldly level uh, that, uh, you know, where there might have been some discussion over whether you would take him number one or somebody else. Uh, there is no discussion anymore. He is the clear-cut number one pick in the draft. 7-1, 260, NBA-ready body, uh, you know, fantastic down low, uh, has, you know, has the ability to step out and shoot. You know, some people want to, want to compare him. You know, we'll use the Joel Embiid comparison. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a lot, he's a lot farther along than Joel Embiid, yeah. uh, was. But really, the, the guy that uh, you're hearing more and more, uh, the name that's being brought up is David Robinson. Well, mm-hmm. if, if you're drafting David Robinson, <laughs> then you, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. Now, he's, he's not really the shot blocker that a lot of people thought he would be. Uh, a lot of that has had to do with the fact that he's played mostly on the perimeter uh, against fours because uh, Arizona plays with a second big man, Dusan Ristich, who plays a lot closer to the basket. But uh, but Aiden's block shot numbers have picked up here at the end of the year as well. And, uh, you know, you're just thinking, well, at the next level where he is primarily a five defensively, uh, that he will be, you know, that much better in his rim protection and his, uh, and his shot blocks. Uh, let alone his rebounding, which obviously is good enough as it is. I mean, he's clearly the number one pick in the draft. Chuck, Chuck, then- Chuck, you, you've been around long enough to know. You've been around the Mavericks, around Dallas. The Mavericks are not going to get the number one pick. I don't care if they had 99 of 100 uh, ping-pong balls or whatever it is. They're not. So who, 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 who's coming after him? Uh, okay, uh, one guy in the next group, you know, well, behind Aiton, who clearly is number one, one guy who's, who's not playing in the tournament uh, is the is the guard from Slovenia, Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. uh, who is playing over in Spain and is playing uh, you know in the Euroleague. But the, the ACB in Spain is the second best league in the world, uh, and and he's dominating as, as an 18 year old in uh, you know playing against real live men. And sorry about the horn. I guess they're trying to figure out uh, if the uh, if, if the clock is functional for tonight. <laughs> uh, but but, uh, but but Doncic is you know six eight, great handle. 
Uh, and, and obviously competitive is all get up. I, th- I think the biggest question for him uh, and for NBA teams is that I think everybody realizes his floor is higher than everybody else's, but how high is his ceiling? You know, uh, because, uh, you know, go ahead, Barry. I'm sure you, you, you listened to last week's podcast where we had Fran Fraschilla on. And Fran, of course, is ESPN's uh, international expert. He, I was stunned. He was not as high on, on Luca as uh, as most people are. Well, as I said, I think you, you can get some early success with him, but the question is, will you, will you get long term right. success with him? Right. Exactly. Um, but uh, you know, so now you know if, if you're going beyond him, uh, you're going to look at uh, at, at uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, at Michigan State, uh, who's got you know every measurable that you want. And maybe the biggest measurable of all is his age. He's going to be the youngest player in this draft. Uh, he's not going to be 19 years old until September. Uh, 6'11", wow. 240, great shot blocker. Uh, definitely can step out and shoot it, but uh, his problem has been staying on the floor. Uh, he commits a lot of fouls, plays only 22 minutes a game. Uh, but uh, he, he has got that look of the modern, uh, of the, of the modern NBA big. Do you, do you do you think by the time the draft comes around he he will you know how these things work obviously absolutely he'll be elevated and it'll come down to him and DeAndre and somebody's gonna have to make that decision well well like I said nobody's gonna have to make a decision if okay. they've got DeAndre okay okay no it, the person who doesn't draft DeAndre Ayton the general manager that doesn't draft him should be fired immediately. I mean, it's, there's there's just that much difference between him and everybody else. okay. Okay. Uh, and so then, you know, you're going at the next level. Uh, the mystery man, Michael Porter from uh, from Missouri, uh, who probably was, uh, you know, he and Aiton were the two top recruits last year, but uh, he hurt his back. He just came back last week against Georgia. He looked like a player who hadn't played a game in four months. Uh, but he, you know, he's got the look of a prototypical NBA small forward you know, with, with a big-time handle, shoot it, you know, great rebounder, can you know catch it, and then you know start to break himself. And uh, as long as he works out okay, you know Missouri's got a tough game with Florida State. They're probably going to lose one of their starters is, is already out of the game with the uh, with a DWI. Uh, I don't know that we're going to see Porter very long in the tournament, but he's the kind of guy, Barry, like you were saying, who's going to uh, go to the workouts and he's going to wow people and he's going to reestablish himself uh, in the NBA draft pecking order. So uh, he, he's there, and then uh, Muhammad Bamba of Texas is, is there, and we'll see just uh, you know where he is as uh, you know with with the toe. I mean, I think he's greatly improved as the year has gone on. Uh, clearly, he's he's already an elite defender, and um, he, he's got more potential in his offensive game than say someone like Rudy Gobert, uh, who with whom he's been most uh, often compared. Uh, he's much farther along at this stage than Gobert was when he came into the NBA. It took Gobert a couple of years and really an international tournament, uh, the European Championships when he was playing for France, and he dominated Marcus Gasol uh, in a quarterfinal game uh, with Spain that uh, Gobert finally realized, yeah, I can play at this level, and he's, and he's obviously been phenomenal. Uh, and, and I really like what, uh, what Bamba has done this year. I think, he, again, you know, wh- where he, from where he was to where he is, is, is very much improved, and you, know, you just want to see him get with NBA coaching. And then, of course, there's, you know, there's the two kids from Duke, you know, uh, Marvin Bagley, who um, he's a great scorer. He's a natural rebounder. But uh, you, you do wonder at the next level, because he really doesn't play very much 
beyond the foul line. You know, where will his scoring come from? Uh, he, he reminds me a lot of Michael Beasley when Michael Beasley played uh, for Kansas State, State yeah. and uh, actually had better numbers in his one year in the Big 12 than Kevin Durant did. Uh, but I, I'm just wondering where he's going to score from. His defense right now is non-existent. It's why Duke has had to go to the zone to play, and, and it has worked out for Duke. They're, they it's pretty much turned their season around. Um, and, and the fact that he is so left-handed, uh, he does nothing going to his right. Right now, he's a very easily scoutable player. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see about him. I mean, but, you know, the, the numbers are pretty hard to ignore. And he's done it against pretty good competition, too. Uh, he, he's saved some of his best games for some of the better teams that Duke has played against. So the competitiveness level is something certainly to keep an eye on. And the other kid is his teammate, Wendell Carter, uh, who really uh, is – if you're, he's more like Al Horford. I guess that would be the best comparison. And, uh, you know, Al Horford's been a terrific NBA player, uh, for a long time and obviously had a great year in Boston. Uh, but he can shoot it, can rebound it, can pass it from the high post, shot blocker, and, uh, and, and maybe a little more refined right now than, than Marvin Bagley is, if not, uh, as, uh, as over the top athletic the way Bagley is. Well, that's a good look at uh, some players to watch in the upcoming tournament and uh, envision them in a Mavericks uniform, if you will. Now let's go back to the Mavericks here for a second. Uh, Wesley Matthews out for the remainder of this season. What do you anticipate Rick Carlisle will do as far as the rotation? Who's going to get uh, more minutes, more of a look uh, with him out? How will the, uh, again, in the roles between you know the shooting guard, small forward point, how, how will that break down with Wesley Matthews out of the mix now. You're really asking me to think along with Rick Carlisle? Sure. And trying to guess what Rick Carlisle's going to do? Sure. Then we can throw it in your face. (laughs) I I, I don't know if there's a more futile pursuit (laughs) in all of sports than trying to guess along with him. Uh, But but suffice to say, look, you know, Wes Matthews is a total pro, and, and, and Rick Carlisle adores him for that. And I think the, the, the one thing that uh, he's going to look to see, regardless of who he plays, is the competitiveness level uh, uh, of his team. That you know, whether they win or they lose, that they just lay it all out there every night and, you know, and, and take it from there. But, you know, to start things, uh, Yogi Ferrell is going to be uh, probably he's going to start most of these games. So mm-hmm. they'll, be, they'll be small in the backcourt for sure. I mean, they, they really don't have many guards, pure guards, when you think about it now. I mean, you got Dennis, you got JJ Barea, and you got Yogi, and that's uh, that's really pretty well it. I mean, you got a lot of swing guys on the team, and uh, and obviously bigger guys too. Uh, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith's going to get a lot longer look here in the last 15 games, and you know we we know what the, his calling card will be uh, as an NBA player, as as a three and D guy. But you know, he's got to get back after not having played for four months. Uh, you know, I think you're going to get. Uh, Know, a, a longer look at uh, you know, guys you know, farther down the roster. I think you'll see some of the Texas Legends guys. Uh, you know, uh, Warney, uh, who's on a 10-day right now, and then Jonathan Motley, you know, who's with the team here uh, on the trip. I think they're going to get a chance to play. Uh, you know, uh, and, and obviously still, it's not even so much about the rotation around West because there really aren't that many wings per se. Sure, I mean, there yeah. are a lot more bigs that they that he's got to sort of figure out. I mean, Doug McDermott is the, is the one guy that you know you know is going to play more, and I think quite frankly has earned his uh, earned his keep as it relates to the Mavericks' desires 
as to whether or not they want to keep him. Are you intrigued by what he's done, McDermott? I, I am. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued with what he's done. I mean, I think one thing that you have to have in the NBA is the ability to have a player coming off the bench who can just get you points, sure. yeah. who can get you shots and get you points. And, uh, and McDermott, I think, has shown he can do that. Now, the Rockets did a great job on him the other night. They gave him absolutely no space to work with. It's, it's the best that anybody has played against him uh, since he's come to the Mavericks. But, I mean, his shooting percentages are, are just fantastic. I mean, you know, well over 50% from three, you know, on, on a goodly number of probably about like four three-point attempts per game. Uh, you can certainly live with that. I mean, in a lot of ways, uh, he, he's, he's mindful of Kyle Korver and, and the career that Kyle Korver has carved out for himself uh, you know, now presently in Cleveland, but uh, obviously before that, Philly, Utah, Atlanta. Uh, I, I can definitely see Doug McDermott doing something like that. You know, the question is, obviously, is how much is it going to cost and uh, how much of the salary cap do the Mavericks uh, want to commit to him when they might have some uh, other issues and, and, and other people in mind? Chuck, let, let me, let me uh, channel Kevin Sherrington here, who's not here with us today. He's in uh, Arizona. At, at the do you Rangers. like doing that? Yeah, I do. I, I, I get I get excited when I channel him. But you're not, you're uh, not comfortable in your own skin. Well, no. But we're talking Maverick guards, and he's a, he's a fan of of Trey Young. We we didn't mention him. Could he play in the same backcourt as Dennis Smith Jr. with the Mavericks? No, no, couldn't wouldn't will not work. Not nearly good enough defensively. Not nearly enough size. Well, who who would be and the point guard and being a point guard is is an issue. Not an issue there because Dennis uh, doesn't. Is, no, I, I, I think Dennis. I think Dennis is going to be fine. I mean, Dennis, you know, clearly has had some, uh, you know, some shooting issues this year, but uh, it's not unlike, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook's first year in the NBA. Really, if you look at his numbers, they're they're quite similar. Uh, I think Rick's done a fantastic job bringing Dennis along. I mean, just as from from day one to now, you know, just uh, how he's really taught him the game and uh, ramped up his minutes as we've gone uh, gone along here. Uh, that uh, when he gets to the summer and there are things for him to work on in the summertime and you know, coming back to the team next year, I think he's going to just be a much improved player. And so I, I don't think the Mavericks have any regrets at all about taking Dennis Smith at nine. They need more size, Barry. This is just a team, whether it's drafting a center or drafting uh, you know, another power forward or, or a wing with size. Uh, you know that that's where they just get killed in the matchups. And you know it's one thing to want to play small like Golden State, but when you think about Golden State playing small, you know they can get away with it in in large measure because a guy like Draymond Green, while he's six seven, uh, plays like a six ten guy because of uh, of so athletic uh, on the with, perimeter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I mean that's that's what the Mavericks. Uh, you know they, they have to get better there, and clearly they have to get you know better around the rim. I mean they need more rim protection. Uh, you know, and need the ability to, you know, not just shoot a bunch of threes, which which they've done, and they've done actually an okay job at that. But you know, sometimes you just really want to be able to throw the ball to someone who can get you a basket. Just you know, throw it to him and get out of the way. And so they they've got to find that player too. Chuck, I'm sad to say we have to wrap this up because we're we're in a, we're in a the Madison Square Garden of podcast studios. It's a multi. They use the studio for a lot of things. They play hockey at Madison Square Garden. I don't think the circus doesn't exist anymore, but they used to have the circus there, and, and I'm sure they use it for a lot of other things. But we're, they have a podcast coming in, and I think it'll be the great Robert Wolanski coming in. He usually comes in, who David Moore knows from his uh, ticket uh, radio show. Yes. Is that coming I back again? I must tell you, if, if, if I'm going to be bumped, it better be 
getting bumped for someone of Robert Wolanski's ilk. Oh, no. Anything short of that, anything short of that, I'm not happy about that. Uh, I don't know. I see Tristan Hallman walking in now. His ilk is just about here. <laughs> oh, it is not Wolanski. It is Tristan Hallman. But Tristan, no, Tristan, if, if you can't have Robert Wolanski here, Tristan Hallman is a very good. Many people would prefer Tristan over oh, Robert Wolanski. Maybe, can Tristan do the do the ticket show with you from now on? There have been nights. There have been weeks when I wish that was the case, yes. Chuck, thanks so much. I know you, you, you stood around. And and I almost felt sorry for you when you said how high you have to sit. But then I saw your your last uh, Facebook post of what you had for dinner last night in New York, and it, it, it was uh, yes, there there is a trade off. There is a trade off in New York, and and uh, that that one is uh, is definitely well worth it. And um, I, I must say that uh, uh, there's not a lot of the per diem left, but it was worth throwing it down on that okay chuck <laughs> thanks so much go so much. go go run a few laps uh, so you can get some of that uh the calories off that you had last night all right guys take care thanks, thanks. For having me. thanks that, chuck. that was chuck cooperstein you know we could have chuck in on any subject and and he he would know more than me he, well well yeah, we're just gonna limit it to him no no we could have anybody <laughs> we'll have tristan hallman who's here to do a uh, kxas channel five TV hit in our, in our studio, but we'll have to get out of the way. So for David Moore, I'm Barry Horn. Kevin Sherrington and Evan Grant are off in La La Land this week. Thanks for listening. And we'll be we'll, in our other podcast this week. We have David Moore, who's a host and a guest doing do do do. Wow, imagine that dual duty, uh, talking Cowboys. And then we'll have one of the slaggards from uh, uh, Arizona on with us to talk Rangers. I'm not sure exactly. I think it'll be Evan Grant. They're interchangeable. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.